Welcome to The Climb, the podcast where we conquer our inner mountains. I'm Natasha Wallstra, your host and guide on this transformative journey. This show is brought to you by the Inner Mountain Foundation, inspired by the work of Diane Wong, empowering women everywhere to stand up, speak out, and make a difference. Every episode, we explore a theme related to personal growth and empowerment, drawing on the experiences and insights of extraordinary women. This isn't just a listening experience. It's a call to action, an invitation to grow, and a journey of discovery. So are you ready to embark on today's climb? Let's begin. Well, Crystal, I am so excited to speak with you today. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. I realized the last few times that we spoke, we were speaking primarily about business and LinkedIn growth. And so today it's all about you. And I'm really excited to learn more about your business, the Mindful Vibe Wellness, and how it began and where you are now. But before we go down that path, I would love to know Crystal George. You know, what is your backstory? Yes, no, thanks for asking. It's not very often I get to talk about myself because there's so many like the expert conversations <laughs> for people to know about the mental health things and those topics. Um, but a lot of that came about from the history and watching my parents. I grew up with two parents who were helping professionals. Um, my father was outreach worker during like the peak of the AIDS and HIV epidemic um, oh. in the so I was out with him in the communities, like giving out clean needles to people and putting on presentations. This was like a very new disease that people didn't know how it spread and whatever. So, you know, he was doing that. And then my mom was like, you know, traditional, like social worker working with like children and families and things. And I went on home visits with her. So there was always this underlying um a spirit of service to other people and what that looked like. So watching their example, I knew from about sixth grade that I was going to be some kind of psychologist, social worker, therapist, something. I knew I was going to be a helping professional. And then when I took a psychology class in high school, that's what really like nailed it in that I was going to be a therapist and I was going to have my own private practice. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I just knew that's what I was going to do. That is an interesting journey, especially being part of that epi the AIDS epidemic and on the ground front lines, um, helping your family, seeing what the what it was having on the effect of the community that really obviously did impact your decision to go to where you are now. You obviously, though, just started the Mindful Vibe Wellness. Prior to that, you were working in corporate America and doing what exactly? Oh, too much. <laughs> yes, I was working in corporate behavioral health and EAP, employee assistance. Okay. Wow. Um, so we were contracted with a lot of the heavy hitter organizations um, who bought into the EAP programs and our program. Um, we do a lot of the grunt work that was helping, you know, employees navigate like the work life balance challenges that they were having. Because, of course, these companies needed their employees to show up you know, to do the work that's needed for the company's vision. But they also acknowledge that they were struggling with 
housing and their mental health and food and elder care, child care, all of the things. Um, so our group helped to locate resources that were in um, those individuals' local communities and try to connect them so that way, you know, Lisa was taking that stress off of the table so that way they can show up and hopefully be the best employees <laughs> that they could be there. Um, so that was what I was doing prior to, and then prior to that, um, I was in the trenches. I was doing a lot of the work that I saw my parents do. Like I was doing home visits. I was I worked in shelters, worked with um, first time parents. So all of the things that you could possibly do in like social work and human services, I was doing just that. So it really helped in the grant. Like when I look at my resume, I'm just like, oh, you was doing a whole lot. <laughs> and a lot of times having like a job, like three part time jobs at a time you know, just trying to figure things out. But it really gave me a nice gamut of experiences that I've been able to utilize and leverage in my own business on top of being an adjunct psychology professor too, that I've been doing for the past 10 years. So when it came down to starting my own business, it was like, you do all these things for everybody else, but you could be doing this for yourself. Like you're, I just, especially when I was getting ready to leave corporate, it was just like, I did not feel like I was utilizing all of my best skills. Um, so how do I now take those transferable skills and pour them into what I'm really passionate about, which is helping communities and helping organizations uh, to be better off than where they started with the spirit of mental health and well-being being at the forefront of that. Wow. I love that. And so how did you make the decision and take the leap to start your own business? And how long has it been exactly? About two years? Um, yeah, just about. It'll be two years in March. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Really, it came out of, well, and I don't want to say the cliche thing like everybody else has been saying of like the pandemic, but really like that slowing down. And it almost made you check in with yourself too of like where your priorities stood. And I think everybody fell in there. It was like, it, you know, there's always the conversation of like, oh, work-life balance, but it really became like life-work balance. Like we're, we're no longer centering our life around work, but really <laughs> the, the reverse of that. And in that opportunity of slowing down and then also um, experiencing some challenges within my um, family, especially my father, who I was his caregiver, um, that really set the tone for me is like, I need to create a life for myself that gives me more autonomy to show up in the places that I want to show up. And I realized that I wasn't um, showing up in my family space the way that I wanted to. Um, and especially, you know, I was like, I'm not going to have forever with these people. So making sure that I was going to create a life and create a schedule that was going to align with how I wanted to show up there. Can I ask, how did you go about doing that? Finding the life work balance? Like what what were your priorities? How did you go about planning that lifestyle? Uh, well, it came off of taking a leave of absence because <laughs> I was like, because it was just, you know, you know, when you're working and doing it, like it's so much to even try to like think about that. So I did. I, I took a break. I'm like, I, I took a leave of absence. And in that month time, that really set the stage where I'm like, okay, what is your, your, uh, your plan for your exit strategy? So I planned it out that by the end of what year are we in now? Twenty twenty three. So by the end of two, so last year, um, and it'd actually be a year to date tomorrow that I quit my job. Wow. Uh, 
here, go tomorrow. Um, but I had at that point, cause I was on leave in January. And when I came back, that was like the action plan of like, okay, girl, you've already established this business. Like let's hit the ground running. Let's, <laughs> let's do all of the things. So I made this action plan that I was going to quit my job at the end of the year around August time. It got a little scary. It got a little shaky. Cause I felt like I hadn't hit <laughs> all the things that I, you know, thought I was going to do. Um, but yeah, I, I, I went for it and here we are <laughs> a year later. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and congratulations on taking that leap. I can't, I'm, I actually just recently did the same thing and it, it is scary. The, the first 15th when I didn't have a paycheck coming in from someone, I was like, wow, that's like actually kind of terrifying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So when you hit that August moment where you were feeling a little scary, what helped you in that moment, like calm down or like, what was your mindset to help you through those times? Asking for a friend. (laughs) Yeah, it really was connecting with community. And I can't stress enough just how important community is in, especially in this entrepreneurship journey. Um, Because at least when you're working in corporate or you're working somewhere there, you have like your team and your so forth, you know? And I was like, and it's so important to even have that in entrepreneurship of like people that you have like your sounding board or you're going to different networking events and so forth. So that was really coming off of attending a women's conference here um, in Massachusetts. And I was just so inspired by just like the conversations I have with people, all the folks are like, yeah, I quit my job and I did this, this, and this. And just like that gave me the extra fuel I needed to know that like, it's okay. And like, I can do this, you know, it's going to be hard. Yes. And they told me that, but it is, it is doable. Uh, so that gave me the extra spark that I needed to like really make the push to, you know, cause at first I was like, Oh, can I like drag it out a few more months or can I, you know, and I, and after going to that conference and connecting with some community and doing some networking, I realized like, no, I, I'm capable of this and and, and, I, and I was ready to do it. No, I love that. And it's really true. You have to be so intentional about finding community as well, because especially after COVID being in our homes, work from home office, maybe, and like, maybe there's that hybrid opportunities now, but it's still is important to go actively search for people like-minded or have been there and done that too, and can support you along the journey. Has mentorship as well been a part of this process for you? It has. I don't say I have like a formal mentor per per se, but I do have quite a few people um, who, um, you know, I look up to, I've looked at their business and some of the things that they're doing and certainly have reached out to them, you know, just as a resource as I'm moving on and like the things that I'm trying to do. So yeah, mentorship, community, like it's just, (laughs) it's the the process, like you, you need it. Yeah. Well, and nature as well, right? I understand you enjoy dancing on the beach or being around sand. How, from your professional perspective, like how is that important as well? Yeah. You got to have time for the the self-care. You got to have time to like pour into you. And I think naturally, even just as women, we are natural, like 
nurturers and fixers and people pleasers and all those kind of things. And we give so much of ourselves to everyone else and their needs and wants. And a lot of times we are last. So that was another thing that I was prioritizing in me leaving my job too, was making more time for myself, being intentional about how I'm spending my time and who I'm spending my time with. Um, I took way more trips uh, than I thought I was going to take (laughs) this past year of being what I called unemployed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I look back on it because I had travel on my little digital vision board. And when I was chatting with somebody the other day and they were like, oh, so how did you do like things on your video? I was like, you know what? I'm like, I did everything that was on the vision board except for one thing I had that was outside of my control. And I was like, and shockingly, the travel, I did way more than I thought I was. I'm like, just things had a way of working themselves out. So as scared as people are to, you know, hop into, you know, entrepreneurship or just whatever it is that you're trying to do, like things, I could be a testament to that. Like things just had a way of working itself out. And it did. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to chill out and like let things flow. And especially if you have thought about it, have a vision board or, you know, do, done some manifestation potentially, it typically does work out, doesn't it? It really does. It, it truly does. Can I ask, where was your favorite place you went to in these escapades? <laughs> New Orleans. <laughs> Ooh, okay. And the crazy thing was, because I went for one of my best friends' uh, bachelorette party. Also, and one of my trips was also to her wedding in Houston. But going to New Orleans, New Orleans just has just this amazing spirit for people who have not gone. It's an amazing spirit in the atmosphere and the food is just stupid. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like the spices and the, just like, Oh my God. Like, I don't, I just don't understand this. So yes, New Orleans was my favorite place to go. This is my second time going. And I saw places that I hadn't saw the first time. So it was really nice going there. So I think that's definitely one of my top destinations. That is awesome. I have yet to make it there, but one of my neighbors is from New Orleans and she makes food from there every weekend when I have dinner with her. So I, uh, it's definitely on my list as well. <laughs> Got to go. Wow. Wonderful. Um, so I understand you talk a lot about generational trauma. Um, this is something that I've actually only recently learned about through, um, podcasts with Tim Ferriss and Gabor Mate a couple years ago, I think it was, but, um, I don't think it's something that's very understood. And if you're open to it, I would love to talk about that. Um, explain first, you know, what is generational trauma? And second, how, how do you help people change the narratives of what we um, view around this? Yes, no. And um, you're right. It's a topic that is not talked about nearly enough because I think so many of us are just like in survival mode that we don't even see like the path, even like how we got there. We just know that we're here and it's chaos and we're just trying to deal with it and probably haven't given much thought to even like the root of where the things are coming from. Hence the cycle that keeps repeating itself. Right. Right. Um, But I think the best way to approach it is looking at it from like your textbook um, psychology 101 class when we learned about nature versus nurture being like we are impacted by our um, genetic information, which is our nature, and then our nurture, which is the environmental factors that we grew up in. Um, And then there's like the in-between thing there that's occurring, which is the study of epigenetics now, um, which essentially is the manifestation of 
the things on our DNA. Um, so when we experience trauma on a molecular level, I know most of us think about it just like from the context of like, oh, these things happen to me and all of that. I'm like, but no, literally on a molecular level, your DNA is altered when you experience various things. So when you experience good things, it uh, impacts your DNA that way. But then also when you experience the negative things in your life, it, it all is a part of the, the puzzle there. So when you understand it on that level, you um, can have a more clear understanding of like, okay, yes, these things have happened to me, but I also have the power to make changes because yeah. like I said, it can positively impact you when you have, you know, you implement different, you know, positive things and positive experiences. You can alter your DNA that way, but it certainly is not only just impacted by the negative experiences. So once you understand it on that level, you take your power back in realizing that you can change the narrative, both in a physical and mental way, but then also from a genetic standpoint too. Yeah. So that way you're no longer passing on those things, um, you know, that have been given to us. Wow. And so how do you go about doing that though, right? It sounds like I can understand you know, trauma I went through myself and then also what my parents did, my grandparents surviving the Holocaust. Like there's so many things I've come to understand now after speaking with, uh, my family of under, like there's root causes of a lot of what I'm probably going through today, but I don't know how to go about healing. Right. Mm-hmm. The first piece is self-awareness, which it sounds like you're, you're already right there. <laughs> like the, the self-awareness piece. Um, and the more that we are in the dark and the more that we're not having the conversations, the more that we prevent ourselves from making a positive shift. So that first piece is the self-awareness. And then next is seeing like what you have the capacity for at that point, because, you know, sometimes are we in a stage of push meaning that this is a season of us for to be productive and be making changes and doing things. Are we in a season of maintenance where we're just trying to maintain what we have going on? So a lot of it, when you're talking about like making changes and changing the narrative and so forth is first even assessing like the capacity that we have. Um, but it's, it's starting with small changes because you didn't, the, the generational trauma, those things, it didn't just like, we not there's not a magic <laughs> one to fix it overnight. Right. Like, yeah. The way that it took all the years for you to, you know, be experiencing the things you I'm like, it takes that amount of work to, huh. you know, uh try to fix these things or change it and, and so forth. So it's the the awareness piece and then also understanding your capacity for change and where you are in your journey. And then making those actionable steps that are like kind of like along with the smart goals, like the, um, you know, being specific about it, being uh, realistic and action oriented and then so forth, you know, following that format. Um, but it is easier said than done, which is why I always recommend to my, you know, it's all right to tap into the resources, like getting a life coach or getting a therapist or speaking to your primary care physician and all those things. Um, so that way those individuals can help you to, you know, meet you where you're at, essentially, wherever you are in that journey. Yeah. No, that's so interesting. And and why do you think it is that this is something that's like not yet talked about too much? Is it, is it, it's not new information, is it? No, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. No, and this goes back to like your early, this is the inner psychology professor in me. Like this goes back to like Aristotle and then Socrates, where they had the early theories about 
memory and learning and all those kind of things. And then all those early theorists that, um, you know, had these ideas and notions that um, we are a reflection of our experiences and most Probably the one that people are most familiar with is like Sigmund Freud and those kind of those repressed and suppressed memories that we have. So I think that has a lot to do with it is that we don't want to deal with the icky things, we, you know, so we push those things down in the bottom of the barrel. We try not to deal with them. So this is the conversation that many of us avoid is certainly the very, very big elephant in the room that's just because we like equilibrium we like homeostasis so we don't like anything that takes us outside of our comfort (laughs) zone so having to go and deal with the things from our past like trauma like mm -mm, because it was traumatic enough going through it yeah so and i've been surviving (laughs) so i think (laughs) thriving and surviving so it's like we just we don't want to deal it's part of our natural it's like an innate thing in us to want to keep a nice homeostasis in our life. Yeah. Do you think though, like once you work through the trauma or, you know, find that capacity to understand what happened, um, do you think we're in more of a state of homeostasis at that point? Like we're, we're like fooling ourselves with like the balance we're actually feeling or, you know, like what does that, like, what does, what happens once you do start to work through this? It's hard. Um, like it can be a lot for some people, especially when the, like the memories and the things are flooding. Um, so it, it's like anything, right. Even when you're like going on a, a diet and you are, you know, on a calorie deficit and like you got the headaches and the cravings and the, all of those things, or even if like for people that are, you know, maybe using substances and you're trying to withdraw, like it's harder before it gets easier. And a lot of people give up at the hard part of, you know, doing the work. Um, So doing trauma work is very similar to that, is that you are working hard to open the portal and then you open up the portal and it's like, woo, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Yeah. So so it's harder before it gets easier. And there's a lot of different methods out there that a lot of people are using, even like the the EMDR. That's another one that a lot of folks are using now um, where they're doing like the, like moving with their, the hands and the lights and so forth. And it sounds weird, but it's like really working very well for a lot of people who, you know, have a trauma history. So there's a lot of different methods that are, um, you know, that you're able to use, um, you know, just to help to bring you out on the, on the other side, outside of like talk therapy. Cause I think, um, talk therapy gets a bad rap. Um, Because it's like, okay, well, we're talking in circles and we're not solving anything. So I love that I'm seeing a lot of emerging methods out there that are helping people get the the healing and the support that they need. Yeah. When it's also because it doesn't just manifest in like emotional depression or PTSD, but also physical um, problems as well. Speaking of headaches, right? Like that's something a lot of I I suffer with from chronic, chronic migraines and something that I realize that a lot of what I'm going through isn't just from like my environment, it's internal, right? It's looking within and understanding like, what are, what is it that I'm telling myself? What have I been through that I'm holding on to still that's causing these physical reactions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people underestimate the self-work that goes into it. Cause at the, the end of the day, I'm like, we can't change what happened and we can't even change, even if it involves people who did things to us, like, we can't even change them either. So it's really that self-work and being okay with the fact that like, okay, I'm doing the work that I need to do. Um, and it might mean creating boundaries with 
yourself and others as a part of your healing journey too. So there's a lot of pieces in there, um, but a lot of it boils down to you doing your own self-work um, and the other people can either get with it or get lost. <laughs> That's it. Um, the day, like, yeah, you only have control over you, you yeah. know, and being more responsive to situations rather than reactive. And most of us tend to lean on that reactivity side. Um, but once you learn how to respond, you know, in a way that you are taking your power back, um, you, you kind of unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I love like, that. That's, that's, yeah, like, that's yeah, empowering. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you are like, once you can like take that power back is that you are just like so unbothered by anything else that's going on. It was like you taking that power back. And I think that's a, um, thing that comes with trauma is like when you end up in certain situations like you feel powerless against all of the things because those are the things that kind of held you bound before and not feeling like you um you know are empowered to you know say what you need to say to certain individuals you know be what you need to be in the world um even showing up at work in certain things like a lot of those things it manifests in different areas of your life um and a lot of it boils down to you feeling powerless and in those situations or similar situations from your past and then how it works like in your relationships, work life, friendships, whatever. Yeah. It's all connected, isn't it? <laughs> it is. So, and a lot of people don't even realize it and they're wondering like why they're lashing out at people, you know, like I said, why we're having the chronic headaches, why your relationships have been, you know, failing, why you can't keep a job. And then you start looking back on the history stuff and you're like, Oh, this all makes sense now. Like I hadn't thought about it that way. Like yeah. why I respond, why I'm, you know, or why I'm reacting that way in, in various situations. And it ties back to, you know, something, some unmet need from your past that hasn't been resolved. Yeah. Wow. I just had like a crazy light bulb moment too, because I have been on this journey of self-awareness for just over a year now. And like, as I've realized some of the things that I've gone through and made some very big life changes and just even how I talk to myself in my inner voice, right? Like everything has changed so much, but like the last few months, everything seems to be turning around now and those bad relationships I was going into and the, you know, whatever conversations that weren't doing well for me, like it's actually completely transformed. And I'm just like, it's all positive now. Once you spend the time working on the bad stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's what I said. And that's where I said, I'm like, then you almost become like this, like this superwoman in a way yeah. uh, where you're able to just navigate all the things, the obstacles are coming and you're like, nope, I got this. Not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You got that web that's just blocking every single thing. Cause you, uh, you know, you stand in true and like who you are. Um, and like I said, and taking your power back. And I think that's just, um, an amazing thing when you can get to that point. Yeah. And so is that what you do at the Mindful Vibe Wellness? Can you tell us more about your business? Well, yes. Well, trauma therapy is not uh, within my um, ideal niche just because it, it's way too heavy for me and I'm a little empathic. So I, yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, yeah, go that deep. You know, we're having general conversations, of course, because of course right. this is something in um, but as my way of, you know, self-care for myself, um, I just know that that is not um, a specialty that I, you know, would pursue that advertising myself in that way. I am more passionate about helping. I've, I've been referring to them as the corporate baddies, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the uh, 
my corporate friends, my corporate baddies who are, of course, like achievement and excelling is not a, a issue for them. Um, but it is all the other things like trying to navigate just the day to day. So maybe you do experience anxiety, depression, you got some, you know, things that are going on, you maybe have some of that imposter syndrome, you know, and just trying to navigate the the daily grind. So those are my ideal clients like those uh the type a perfectionist <laughs> but a little bit too much of that because it's impacting other areas of their life and then they don't feel like they're showing up in their best light you know at work either um so doing a lot got quite a few of my clients who are working through like you know just their perspective of even achievement and where that came from from even their childhood and things that they were, you know, projected onto them and then how they're showing up at work, how they're showing up in their relationships and and so forth. Um, And that has been exciting. I just feel like I'm so in my zone of, of genius and being able to apply, um, you know, just a lot of the, um, you know, corporate learning that I've had and then applying that in the mental health world, especially working in EAP. Um, So it's just, it's been a vibe. I've been enjoying that. So (laughs) Yeah. So doing one-to-one therapy is a thing. Mm-hmm. And then also working with organizations who are committed to, you know, wellness and mental health and, um, you know, all those kind of things. So I actually did a um, two-hour workshop a couple of days ago, and it was on motivational interviewing, which is something that's used kind of across a lot of different industries, but especially when you're in client-facing situations where, you know, you are trying to help people. But you don't want to, you know, do it in a manner that is uh, condescending, especially vulnerable populations who are used to, you know, just defeat and, you know, not getting the help that they need and not having access to the resources that they need. So it's a technique um, that... um, you know, helps helping professionals to connect better, build better rapport, you know, build stronger communities and so forth. So that was really awesome experience to be able to, again, leverage my expertise that I've gained um, to do this workshop. So those are kind of the two things that I have going on right now is, yeah, one-to-one therapy and then also working with organizations to, you know, do workshops for their employees. Yeah. Well, you can definitely see the vibe that you have with all this. I mean, I was checking you out on Instagram and like, you can feel your energy, your passion for what you're doing and all the workshops and speaking engagements that you're at. It's it's quite incredible. Well, closing up here, I know we just have a few more minutes left, but I know you recently did a mindful habits challenge. Uh, I saw that on Instagram with a new year right around the corner, which is absolutely insane that that's, we're Mm. closing on 2023. I don't know where this year went, but what um, habits would you, mindful habits, would you recommend uh, us think about as we start the new year off with a bang? Yeah, I think first is getting back to basics because <laughs> I think it's very easy to just get consumed in all the noise, especially this time of year. It's like, oh, you need to get a gym regimen. You need to do this. You need to be part of 5 a.m. club. Why, why, why? You know, so just getting back to the basics and like that self-awareness again, where I was talking about capacity, like as you look at the new year, really check in like with what you have the actual capacity for. So that way you're giving yourself something that is a realistic goal that you're not going to quit by like the third day of the new year because you were trying to fit into what everybody else is doing. So 
self-awareness, I think it's just a good, like, just even if it's, we're checking in with ourselves either, you know, once a week or at the top of the day or the end of the day or whatever, but have, you know, just setting some intentions, um, and then staying consistent with them, you know, like, and that's something that's been very helpful for me this year is just routinely checking in with myself and then writing things down and checking back on it to see like how my progress is on those things. So that's a good habit to have. Um, another good habit is movement. We got to do it. (laughs) I think we underestimate the power of moving in sunlight and just getting fresh air. And it's really easy to get trapped in that, in this, um, you know, work from home space. And then you realize you've been in the house all day and you didn't even go and get some fresh air. So get outside. It's, it's, a, it's definitely a good habit uh, to have. And then the third one is connecting with community, as I mentioned before. So connecting with the community, have people that you're routinely just meeting with, even if it's like your friends, like it's easy to just even forget about them sometimes. But whoever your tribe is, make sure that you're just, you know, you're not feeling alone because that will certainly impact your mental health too. If you're just going through all the things and you feel like you're in the dark going through it alone. And I promise you that you are not. And probably if you spoke to a few people in your tribe, you'd realize that everybody's kind of going through the same kind of struggle. And it does make you feel a little bit better when you're like, okay, it's not just me that's going through (laughs) these things. Definitely just make sure that you are connected with your your community, your tribe, whoever your, your people are, your mentors, whatever. This is awesome. I've got like literally pages of notes. Before we sign off, um, what is the best way to connect with you, Crystal? Yeah, I am uh, the Mindful Vibe Wellness pretty much on everything. So uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, my email, themindfulvibewellness.com for email. Uh, yeah, Mindful Vibe Wellness on everything. And Crystal George too. You want to look me up there. I'm on there on LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. I appreciate you coming on. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>